Hi guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We really appreciate all of the support and staying alongside the audio to now visual component of Beans Without Boundaries. Uh, going forward with the second season, we do have like an, a little bit of increase of cost. So we set up a little donation thing through Buy Me A Coffee. It's a little website that if you're willing to just splurge, there's an option for being able to just buy me a coffee. It also gives me a good idea if you really are enjoying our content and would like to help support and continue it. The link will be in the description underneath the YouTube video. It's also going to be in the description for Apple Podcasts and um, Spotify Podcasts as well. Uh, Whichever platform uh, would be greatly appreciated to just continue following along the journey and whatever you're willing to just kind of help with feedback, whether it's comments on the videos or just going on social media. Um, And if you're feeling typically generous, it'd be great to just throw a coffee my way. Thanks for listening in and until next time. You really on the subway? <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is. I'm coming all the way from fucking Brooklyn right now, going to my mom's house. That's funny. How long is that? Yeah. Of a train uh, ride from Brook from Brooklyn to my house all to my mom's house all the way up in Harlem. Uh, that's like about an hour, hour and a half, depending. On the train? So like, yeah, on the train. <laughs> and you were <laughs> about to train. do this shit on the train? <laughs> Low key, yeah. <laughs> but, but also, like, my my timing is the absolute worst in that sense. That's I'm like, yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna be good for today. Next thing you know, I'm looking at the time. I'm like, I'm about, and the train was just not, not in my favorite today. No. So, but we here. Hi, how are you? Throughout that chaos, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I'm relaxing, you know, uh, I am mentally preparing myself for this weekend because the coffee festival is happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So it's just like, I'm, I'm currently in the process of like mentally preparing myself for a lot of social activity. Mm. A lot of social activity. A lot of talking. A lot of, hey, hi, how you doing? I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> so, you know, you know how that goes. Yep. Yep. So welcome to the show. I love the location of where she's at right now. I should ask you, what are your pronouns? Uh, she, they. Got you. I didn't want she, to. they. I honestly don't even care at this point. Like, <laughs> gender is spectrum and I am... I am whatever anybody wants me to be at that moment. As long as it's not messed up. No, I get it. Yep. So I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes on the show. Honestly, I think at this point, this is the first time we've ever had a, I'm going to guess you're a barista full time. The one thing I haven't had a chance to is kind of make this shit go full circle. And I was like, I need somebody who's going to be able to give some like feedback now that we're here we kind of made this whole journey of talking to so many different people throughout the course of the industry and now it's like we're trying i'm trying to like make it full circle of having baristas and more of that front also involved because there's a whole 
unrepresented demographic of people that are baristas too. So I was doing research and that's when I came upon you and I was like, this would be fun. I feel like they have a pretty vibrant personality. I think they'd probably have a pretty interesting story on how they got to being a barista. So we're here. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So if you would like to introduce yourself, you have the stage. Well, hello, everybody. Mm. For anybody's listening. Uh, My name is Maciel de los Santos, but I tell everybody to just call me Maxi or Max. If you follow me on Instagram, I am Maxi, the barista. I do a bunch of latte art stuff. Uh, Been a full-time barista for about seven years. Recently, in the last two, began to travel and um, work more like trade shows. And I'm currently in the process of starting my own business. Okay. Yes. That's exciting. Uh. If you guys do follow me on Instagram, I do this thing called Cafecito Hour on my IG stories and where I sit in front of the camera yelling and screaming about how the industry stresses me out, uh, but also just speaking about life and while I'm sipping on my nice little cup of coffee. Okay. Okay. Well, damn, we already went right into it. I was about to start to bring that stuff up too. But since you did it already, let's talk about Cafecito Hour. What got the so, idea started? And then why the topics of like, was it, did it start as an event session of like, I'm just going to go on and press record and then send this shit out? And then it just started having like a thing? Or did you like, I'm going to just start doing this shit and fuck it, I don't care? So it first started off in the pandemic, actually. Like we were all locked in the house. Yeah. Uh, I had just gotten let go from my job at the time. And like I was, really really missing being behind bar Mm -hmm. and i was also really really missing like making connections with people at the shop uh but there wasn't really much of a way to really do it unless you're doing it online so when i saw that there was a first sip train going on i just started tagging along and then like out of nowhere one day i decided to actually like sit in front of the camera while doing my first sip but also just like getting some stuff off my chest and it didn't even start off with industry stuff at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, it started with all of the stuff that was going on during the beat, the height of BLM. Yeah. And like at the height of the BLM protest. So I was, I pretty much said, you know what? I don't even think anybody's fucking listening to me anyways. <laughs> like I'm just going to scream to the void. Like I usually <laughs> do on the internet. And if somebody hears it, then cool. If somebody doesn't, then fine. Uh, and then, like, I just I just kept going almost every single day, just going on and on and on, just talking about anything that came up in my mind at the time. And now it's at a point where it's like people know me from, for Cafecito Hour. There's times where, like, I pull up to events and they'll be like, that's me. Happy Cafecito Hour. Happy first sip. I hope your day's getting all to me. Uh, like, that's... literally screaming. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh my God. Ah! Look at you. What started off as therapy has now started off as recognition. <laughs> Yo, literally. And I'm just like, okay, uh, you guys all know me now. What's up with a job? <laughs> Help me with that connection. Help me with the connect. <laughs> that's great, though. Like, that's really funny. You're talking about how you were just talking into the void. 
that's a lot of this this podcast when it started off for me when I was like, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start talking about all these issues that I keep seeing during the industry of my journey. Because I had started off as a barista, too, for like four or five years. And then I started roasting and then I started doing all this other stuff. So it's like when I started realizing how many lack of representation of people of color and then queer people. I know that exists a lot more in the barista space for the queer people like atmosphere. But a lot of people who are queer and of color do not really like show themselves much in the production aspect, despite how much of it is represented by us. So that's what the whole point of this podcast was for, was to bring these people to tell their stories, their frustrations, to like hear them out, let people like understand and bring awareness to what's going on. And I've had some really great guests on the show be real candid and raw with it and I was just like okay cool so I need the same kind of attitude and the same kind of mentality towards hidden from the customer service aspect because baristas get a lot of the they get a lot of the brunt from that stuff yeah you gotta and you coming from New York you're dealing with all types of people all the fucking time Uh, don't even get me started oh, no that's why you're here is to get started no that's exactly that's exactly why I'm here no, because like I listen, I preach to the choir about this every single time. I'm like, yo, you know, it's really great to see that there are all these wonderful opportunities for people, uh, but yeah, I'm not seeing people of color. I'm not seeing queer people right. being represented in those spaces, and I have a huge problem with that because that's also been my issue as of recently. I'm at that point as a barista where like I can't keep doing this. Like I can't just be a barista anymore. I've been doing this for seven years and yet you mean to tell me that with each job that I had, they haven't bothered to like try to give me some professional development. You mean to tell me that they haven't bothered investing in education. You mean to tell me that there's no, there's no current open positions for me to try and get into production or roasting Mm -hmm. or sales or anything of that sort. Because what if I do decide to stay in this industry for the rest of my life and make this my career? I need to do something that isn't so physically taxing on my body anymore. Like, baby, I'm getting old. You're telling telling me. I'm getting old. I got carpal tunnel. I got a messed up shoulder from all that tamping. And and you mean to tell me that I don't... Baby, I'm dealing with all these (laughs) mentally unstable clients. I'm the one having to hear the brunt of it. I am an underpaid, unlicensed therapist. (laughs) Okay. No, but really, though... The the unsolicited information you hear from a lot of the customers is quite wild. Well, because you see, I, I had to get up because I, I'm feeling the sermon. I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> it's just extremely frustrating to see this happening time and time and time again. And honestly, I thought the last two years we were making some sort of progress. Oh no, <laughs> that's just reverting all right back. It's to, getting worse. Oh, all this- all of these positions mm-hmm. are going to this straight white males. And I'm sick and tired of seeing them in their little goofy face. Listen. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> this is why sometimes some people don't even like me out here. Because I, no, that's great. Do not, I do not conform to this nonsense. Right. I will voice my opinion. There you go. As you should. That's literally what this platform is for. That's all I'm here for. I'm a vehicle for other people to let out their frustrations in different Ooh. avenues. Some people more aggressive and assertive than others, but it's everybody's flow. But, of like, course. I think, like, I really want to get into the nitty-gritty of, like, you were, you wanted to talk about, like, starting your own business. 
Like, yes. what's that looking like for you? Like, what kind of what kind of branding like message are you trying to put out there? Are you trying to stay in New York? Like, what's the vision? So honestly, like, I would love to stay in my city. I would love to just be able to like open up my own little shop in a sense. Nothing too big, nothing too fancy, but nice enough for the neighborhood that's also owned by uh, Afro Latina. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the coffee shops in my neighborhood, like. They're all owned by, you know, white people and just people who have access to that kind of money to be able to just fund the shit immediately. Uh, I'm starting from the ground up. Um, so pretty much the whole business thing is I'm trying to make Tapasito Hour like a full spectrum situation. So offering like coffee catering um, for small events, mm-hmm. being able to open up my own shop. Uh, recently I've been getting into the whole education aspect, trying to train people how to do latte art, mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of like home baristas that just got their set up, help them how to navigate their machines and how to properly work them. And, um, ooh, Lord. And yeah, I've been, I've just pretty much been winging it the whole time. <laughs> I mean, you know, with no proper training, but. What does proper training really look at this point, really? If they're not even trying to give it to me, so... I mean, you're I'm figuring it out. I was going to say, you're, exactly. you're figuring it out, and obviously it's doing... It's building something for you. Yeah. On top of the whole, me trying to do the content stuff as well, because I, I don't know. Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I'm pretty good at the social media stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't relate. I'm over here like an old person. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? How do I do this right? <laughs> No, because I I am a chronically online individual, which means I know everything. (laughs) People may not think it, but I know every single thing. I just keep quiet, you know. But, like, yeah, I'm chronically online in the sense of, like, I want to be able to, I want to be able to stay in the loop of what's going on. Right. Within the industry, what's also going on in people's lives and Mm -hmm. whatnot. But, um, you know, I've, I've just always been that way with the internet. You know what I mean? So it comes kind of easy for me. So you said you started attending coffee events, right? Yes. So with the way that you were talking about a lot of this like ignorance towards people of color and a lot of the cis white male population that exists in it, what was your first reactions when you went there? Like hopefully... Oh, this is how- this is hella white. <laughs> this is hella white. Where is the sasson? <laughs> Where's the color in here? <laughs> Where are my people? I, I don't see them. I don't see them often. I have to usually go hunting to look for them. And f- I am so grateful that I have found the people of color that I am in community with. Mm-hmm. Um, some out here in the city and some like outside of New York. Um, and like... Also, like the, the the feeling of just people staring at you and questioning, do you actually belong here? Yeah, <laughs> that imposter syndrome shit. That's that's the one thing that I'm always getting. Like I'm always getting those weird stares on like people questioning like whether or not I'm actually good at what I'm doing or like if I'm even supposed to be in that space to begin with. Like, baby, you see me behind behind the scenes, right? <laughs> You right. see what I'm doing. Clearly, I know what I'm doing. Do you know what you're doing? I don't think so. So please get out my face. 
See, I love this personality though. It's like there, there's a lot of, mm, you know. I just hit my mic. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's rubbing off. It's coming through the screen. I feel it. You feel it. You feel this energy. I feel this energy. It's reciprocating. Yes. It's really funny um, because I had this a lot of the same kind of encounters when I first got exposed, and that's when I I remember like talking to other girls that I had met, and I was just like, so we are all aware this is happening. We're all aware of these issues, and no one's gonna talk about it. No one's gonna like try and like bring it up. Like we should be doing something about it. And I was just, and that's why I was like, that's where this. I keep bringing this up every episode. This is where the the fucking podcast started. Is it supposed to be real raw, real unfiltered, and uncensored, and straight to the point? And like, what I want to hear about now, though, is I want to hear about your story. Like, I feel like seven years. How did you get into this? Like. Like, what was it like growing up and wanting to do this? Like, like how much has other things affected your life to stay in as a barista? Like, especially living in New York, I can only imagine, like, you don't get what you need being a barista. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear yeah. about it. So, when I first started, like, working as a specialty coffee barista, because, of course, I started off in Starbucks Same. when I was in college. Same I was working at the I was working at the Starbucks on campus, and then from there on, I went to work at like a pastry, uh, pastry shop or whatever. Um, and then like this one place that I was that was some smoothie spot that I was working at, they were going out of business. I found this coffee shop that uh, was hiring baristas with like no experience, and I'm like, oh, this is my this is my ticket to get in right now because if I don't take this opportunity it was going to be even more difficult for me to try to find another specialty coffee job somewhere else. Right. Right. So like the shop that I started working at, they used to be called two beans, which is also out of business. Their concept was chocolate and coffee. They wanted to sell the expensive chocolate, mm-hmm. but clearly people were just coming in for the coffee. And only during Christmas time is when you saw the big ballers, old Upper West Side money coming in to buy very expensive chocolates. That's the only time you ever saw them like really spending money. Um, I was there for like about a year then they went out of business and then I like I got my way into Urban Farm and I was there for four and a half years Uh, and I recently left in November because of a bunch of issues that I was having with like management. Um, The whole I came back after the pandemic and you guys are still paying me higher pay um, y'all want me to train new baristas, but y'all not trying to pay me for as a trainer. Right. Okay, heard it. Um, and now I'm currently working at the catering department for Joe Coffee here in the city, and I've been there for like a year and a half now. And you know, it's good money. It's the most I've gotten paid, but it catering's not consistent. So like, if right. uh, if not enough events are coming up, I'm not making enough money. Uh, which kind of sucks because now I have to sit here and I gotta like jump back and forth between other odd jobs to be able to make money and to be able to survive. But um, yeah, that's that's how that all. I pretty much just forced my way into specialty coffee. No, I mean like that sounds about right. Like it's kind of like the entire part of the industry outside of the the barista world is pretty gate kept for the specialty coffee industry. It's really hard to get yes. in. 
especially with roasting. Like it took me, it took me doing the same shit, like going to places and being like, this is, this is what I have to offer. If you need somebody, let me know. And then it kind of just like worked out the way that it did. But I think that's like the only thing you really can do is kind of like assert yourself. Yep. Yep. And, um, that's just on the job aspect of it. I recently started competing about a year and some change ago. So, like, I go to Coffee Fest often, and I go and compete in the Latte Art competition, but I also, like, always make it, like, my priority to make sure that I have some sort of gig because competing, yeah, it's nice, it's fun, it's cool, I get to see my friends, but at the same time, it's like, we're there to try to win a trophy and some money, and that's pretty much the money that motherfuckers spent to get to the competition in the right. first place. Uh, and if I don't win, and if I don't win in any of the other local throwdowns, that means I'm walking away with no money. No, sorry. Uh, I take any advantage I can trying to, like, network with people and try to, like, work at actual booths while those space shows are happening. No, that's smart, though. Yeah. And, um, you know... Um, I've been enjoying it, even though, like I said, career-wise right now, I'm at that point where it's like, okay, I want to do something different. Like, I want to work on my business, but, like, in the meantime, while I'm trying to, like, keep some steady money coming in, I need to do something else. No, I get it. You know? And, um, yeah. I don't know. The whole barista thing, I was always fascinated with, like, the Starbucks stuff at first, you know, Mm -hmm. making frappuccinos, seeing everybody making their their lattes and whatnot. Uh, But I would have never imagined that I would be knee-deep into the coffee industry the way that I am right now. Yeah. I thought this was just a quick cash grab and go on, move on to the next thing. But, no, I, I liked it so much. Yeah. Because... I used to do musical theater and I used to do improv comedy. So like that checks. Uh, I, <laughs> that checks. I treat the bar. Like if it's my stage <laughs> and drinks in a show. Yup. Drinks in a show and unsolicited advice. Don't we just love that? <laughs> Don't we just love that? I mean, I'm loving it right now. We could be talking about absolute nonsense, and I'm over here. I'm just like, I'm just dying. You see me on the other side of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I guess, like, what I want to know then is what made you, what's making you stay? It seems like you got obviously so many opinions that you are loving sharing right now about how much you're fed up and how much you don't get the opportunity and don't get that education and like how you're fighting to try and get these these throwdowns and it's like okay cool you were talking about getting a little bit burnt out right now so what's making you want to stay the one thing that's making me want to stay is literally the fact that i actually like what i'm doing right and if i'm gonna be real with you like i have a bunch of friends out here in the city that are clearly in different career paths but I see how miserable they yeah. are. I'm miserable in the sense of like how the institution is fucked up, but I like my job. Mm-hmm. Even though like, I know that I'm at that point physically and mentally that it's just like, all right, I know that I can't do this anymore. Like right. I need to do something else, but I like what I do. And I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones in that sense. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I bet you get told all the time, like, <laughs> this is not me projecting onto you, <laughs> but I get told Ooh. all the time, they're like, you shouldn't stay in that job if you're not able to pay your bills. Like, that's so stupid. Like, why are you just staying there? I got, I had gotten that so many times as at a barista. I get that even now doing the job that I do. It's just like, it's a whole part of, I think, like the journey of being in coffee where it's like, people don't even see this as a legitimate career. And I mean, like to be valid, there's, there's reasons as to that. Like me and you have suffered in the same sense, but like a lot of that is like, I've also worked jobs where I worked in corporate offices, nine to five, making hella money. And that shit sucked the soul out of my body. And that's exactly what I'm scared of. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, you got to flip the coin. Like what's worth it at that point. But I think a lot of the time, every person on the show has always reiterated the reason why they stay is because the people, but I don't think besides the people, anyone's really been like honest about saying that they love what they do. Yeah, like, if it's just the people, then, all right, cool. I'm glad that that's somewhat of a crutch for you, but, like, I'm sorry. I can't do a job I don't like. <laughs> no, right. The fact that I like my job is is keeping me there. Like, yes, the people I've met along the way are fucking amazing. Some people, I, uh, I question them a little bit. <laughs> but, hey, glad you're alive, buddy. Um <laughs> But um, literally, if I don't like what I'm doing, you're gonna, it's going to show. It's going to show in the especially, way that I work. Especially for personalities where they fucking let shit rip all the fucking time. If I don't like you, I don't like you. Exactly. <laughs> if I don't like what I'm doing, don't talk to me. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like, don't say a word. Just, just, mm-hmm. just, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like. It's literally the one thing that's keeping me still doing what I'm doing and still keeping me in the coffee industry is the fact that I like I like what I do and I like every aspect of it. I just wish I had a lot more access into other things right. that isn't just being behind the bar. What would you be interested in doing? Roasting, doing production stuff. Um, honestly, because I think I'm a pretty decent conversationalist, I think I do pretty well in sales for for a bunch of roasters. I don't know. I would love. But, um, I would pay big money to watch you be a representative for a, a company with coffee. That'd be so entertaining. I feel like you would be what? so good at that too. Because at that at that point, it's like, all right, we don't want to bring up them sales. Okay, give me your phone because I could also be a social me- media marketer. Hello. And we're going to get this social media on and popping. All you need to do is let me talk. <laughs> let me talk. Let me, let me do what I do with my phone and then watch the magic happen. Yeah. It sounds like you got a real strong work ethic, too. Yes. Even though it gets questioned here and there, but it's just like I work a certain way. Like I am hella autistic and I have ADHD. I have to work in a system and... Because, as you can see, obviously, how this whole situation played out. I made bad on time. But yet, it's just like, oh, my God. I need to. I need, I need to. Ah, I need to be able to do this. Like, right now, I need to find a way to get out of this train station right now so that I make this work. Yeah. That's great. I mean, yeah, you're here. So, we figured it out. At the we end of the day, we're going to figure it out. I solve problems. I solve problems. We, we, we find solutions in this side of the world, okay? I don't know about <laughs> anybody else, but I do. 
like at this point, this isn't even my podcast. It's just another one of those cafecito hours, and you're just you're taking the stage right now. I'm over here just like enjoying the show. No, because why people have told me to start a podcast, baby, you really don't want to give me a microphone. No, I mean like, hey, if there's any, if there, what would you do a podcast of? Whatever I'm doing on cafecito hour now, it's gonna be literally this. I think that'd be great, actually. It's it, so it, simple. It would literally be this right now. Whatever I do on Cafecito Hour, whatever is going on here I'm going right to tell you now, right now, though, if you started doing that shit and I'm playing that shit in my car, you best believe I'm turning the damn volume loud and fucking over oh, here dude. screaming in my car. Hey, hey, hey. I know my voice is lovely. <laughs> of course you're going to put that volume up. <laughs> This is going to be the most discombobulated episode of the whole fucking show. It's going to be great. What was the whole purpose of this podcast? Nothing was said. Just laughing. That's good. I want to hear, though, how much, like, this is about people of color, too. Like, being queer and a person of color. I want to hear about how much that's played a role into who you are as a person, along with your, like, what you're wanting to create out of your work life. Oh, so like, because I am a person of color, right? I'm just like, I'm tired of just being able to like walk into spaces and not seeing many people that look like me mm-hmm. in there, whether it be behind the bar, whether it be behind, uh, in the production aspect of things, mm-hmm. um, or even on the competition side too, because there's not there's people of color there, but they're not they're not black <laughs> is what I'm really trying to get at. And like you could be a person of color and not be black. Like that's just that's just a fact. That's me. Right? And like I want to be able to be that person that's like an inspiration to the the generation coming up. Mm-hmm. So that they can see like, oh, okay, there's there are people like me out here, especially here in the city. Mm-hmm. And there's people like me who are able to pull this thing off for real, make this a full-time career, able to open up a business right. and like keep it going. Um, yeah. So like the dream for me is that if I'm able to open up a shop, it would be in my neighborhood. Where is your neighborhood? I live up in Harlem. Oh, everybody trying to call it. Everybody trying to call it Hamilton Heights. Don't listen to the white man. Don't listen to the realtors. If you're going to move uptown, this is Harlem. Please recognize the history. I had to put that out there. <laughs> but um, um, I live up in Harlem, so I would like to open up a really small shop up in Harlem and hire like two to three um, baristas of color. Mm-hmm. Whether they're trained or not, I would train them myself. Like That's right. the one thing that a lot of people tend to forget in this process is actually putting in the time to properly train your staff and invest in your staff Um, because that's the only way you're going to be able to retain your staff tough cough there's a couple of roasters out here that be doing that bullshit (laughs) but you know uh, yeah and I would also invest in like People who have been incarcerated, because that's that's another one. Go off. Like, that's another one. Nobody wants to give an incarcerated person an opportunity to, to 
assimilate back into society and be right. able to make their own money. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Do you want them to end up exactly where they where they just got out of? Okay. I don't. I want them to be better for themselves and better for society. So I'm willing to take that chance. Here's my thing. I think if you have a chance to go back and listen to any of these episodes, you should really listen to the second one. I had an artist. Uh, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Woohoo! That was not English. You just watched me just go through four different sentences. Um, you glitched. So I had a guest on the show. <laughs> her name is Alexandra, and I love her. And you. No! That's my baby, yeah, I love her. I, I was just thinking, I'm like, she came on the show. She was the second episode. And I'm like, damn, this energy. I remember her telling me how much she doesn't give a fuck about bulldozing into this industry to, to make sure that shit gets heard and, and like what she's trying to do be what she's trying to do. Um, and it's just like the energy is like the same kind of shit. I feel like you're, you, you're the epitome of like, I really don't give a fuck and I'm going to try and make this shit work. But I think with that attitude you have, you will actually go a lot farther in life than you'd expect. I think that you have a lot of grit and realness to you. And I, it's so fucking refreshing because there's not enough of that in the industry in the first place. Like the pioneers to start that shit. And that's essentially what yeah. you're trying to do. And I love the fact that you do just keep it real the way that you are. Because not only one is it really fucking entertaining. I'm over here crying and, and dying. And I'm, I'm sipping out of my big ass water jug. Staying hydrated because my throat's dry from all this laughing. You got my producer on the other side laughing. God damn. I'm glad I'm able to provide a laugh. <laughs> but no, seriously though, like... Oh, yeah, no. Alex is one of those people that I'm just like... I fucking love you, bitch. Mm. I'm never gonna stop loving you, bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. Yeah, I was. So, oh, yeah. To know that I'm not alone in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like That's I feel like mentality. I was gonna say, I feel like that would be a great link up. Trying to like put those two kind of like same levels of aggression of we got to do some shit about this together and creating mm-hmm. things together. I think that would be a great way to go about doing things. I think she lives in New York too. She lives in the Bronx. Oh, okay. In the Bronx, baby. <laughs> we not that far from each other. We a bus line. We connected on a bus line. I can literally take the bus on my block straight to her house. Uh, that'd be, that'd be great. Oh my God. That's, that's a boo. Yeah. I mean, like, I think at the end of the day, a lot of what you vocalized is so many of the same struggles that everywhere else has is like mm. lack of openness and experience and like trying to get into a new part of the world of coffee and then not having that gateway because I really struggled getting into this industry too. And mm. there's almost this like veil of ignorance that it's like, oh no, anybody can do it. I'm like, um, I don't see any Arab American people in this industry. Show me one. I give everybody the side eye. Like, I'm giving them little bombastic the bombastic side eye. Side ah! eye. <laughs> <laughs> We are here. Yep. Same brain cell. But yeah, <laughs> literally giving them the side eye, like, mm, is it really though? Mm, I think not, but okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Bob. <laughs> Will. 
Steve. Fucking. Fucking. Fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's great. This is great. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you this, though. Every part in the episode, I have this segment where it's called a hot take. And I know that mm-hmm. you specifically deal with being a barista and catering. I'm curious to what your controversial hot take on the industry is from your perspective. Uh, the customer is never right. <laughs> they are never right. That's the hot take. And I know everybody <laughs> feels that fucking sentiment, but the client, the customer, nine times out of ten, is not correct. I don't want to hear that shit. Uh, <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people and I've worked for people and, like, I'm dealing with customers or I'm dealing with a client and they're just, they just have this, 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 they think that they know what they're talking about. And when I tell them about themselves and I'll be like, yeah, no, that's not how we do things. Uh, that's not how this whole thing works. They'd be like, but I saw it on a video on YouTube. Ah, I'm like, oh, especially with, if I work at a shop, if I work at a shop specifically, and I have those customers that are like looking at me mad hard, making their drink, and then they want to give me their opinion, why don't you just come behind this bar then? Right. You're making yourself. Since you know what you're doing, you're the professional here. I'm not the one getting paid minimum fucking wage. <laughs> to make this shit for you and you want to man get out of here get out of here get the fuck out of my face I don't want to hear that shit I don't want to hear that shit I did I no I don't I don't even know if I'm even supposed to talk about this no go for it I'm gonna say so apparently a bunch of these corporate companies nowadays have been contacting baristas to do videos for them and I happen to be one of those people I was supposed to fucking I, I did something with babies they wanted me to make latte art on a cold drink. They wanted me to make latte I'm art. I'm sorry, that silence said so much. Drink. So in their mind, they even showed me a reference video of somebody doing latte art, and I know exactly who the person was that they were referencing because, of course, I follow the majority of the latte artists, right? They're like, yeah, can you make this like mocha martini and... um do latte art on it. So you want me to make latte art on a cold drink. I tested it out beforehand. I called them on FaceTime and I'm like, you know, I try to do it with cold foam. This isn't going to work. Um, I'm going to have to heat up the milk. Right. Right. And then even when I did that, the shit wasn't coming out correctly because why? I'm dealing with a cold beverage. You talk about this is all for the aesthetics on IG, but yet, but yet again, nothing is working. Clearly, and I told you this before we even came over here, but you know what? Since you want to be an idiot, I'm going to take your money anyways. Let's fuck out of you. Like, yeah, because clearly I'm here telling you as the person who knows what the fuck they're doing, that this isn't going to work. This is not going to work. And yet I still did the best that I could to make it work for you. I even said, let's actually make a hot drink. They're not going to fucking notice. You said this is for aesthetics, right? So, like, let me make an actual latte in a martini glass. Oh, that would have been cool. 
And y'all get whatever clips y'all need and cut and spice it however y'all need to make it work so that it, people could be astounded on the interwebs. But clearly, they asked, I know for a fact they ended up asking the video because it was just like, we took, we had way too many takes that just did not fucking work. And I'm just like, yeah. And I still got paid. Oh, well. Because y'all don't want to listen to me. Now, guess what? Now I'm going to take your money on purpose. And that goes back to... The customer's not always right. The customer, the client is never correct. <laughs> never correct. That's funny, though. I, I think that's real true, though. I, I love when... I don't know if you get this, too, because I love these things, is when I'm working at a specialty coffee place, and then people mm-hmm. start using Starbucks terminology on me. I know. They're like, can I get this drink extra hot? Can I get this drink like child's temp? And I'm like, do you know what temperature that is? Can I get a macchiato or caramel macchiato? No, I don't make those things. Right. I, I don't make that. But I stopped telling them that. I stopped telling them that. They told me a macchiato, I'm making them a macchiato. A traditional one. So that then they can look at me and be like, this isn't what I asked for. No, that's exactly what you asked for. You said you wanted a macchiato. This is a macchiato. If you wanted that, that caramel macchiato, babes, that's a vanilla latte with caramel drizzle. Okay. Please. You, you just wanted some drizzle? <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> um, ooh. Ooh. I truly love making them feel like idiots sometimes because they deserve it. <laughs> oh my sometimes God. they deserve it. I am all about being a menace. Yeah, I can tell you ain't got to tell me twice. <laughs> I am a menace to society and I love every single second of it. <laughs> my favorite aspect of this whole interview is you talking with the downward fucking phone on your chin. Huh. Like if I'm on FaceTime. I can, I can just see you in public, like, talking to your phone like this. Nope. <laughs> nope. Even, sometimes I'll be ranting literally on the street, and this is the exact angle I'll be in. Because it's like, you're going to see my double chin. You're going to see the frustration in my face. You're going to see it. It's going <laughs> to come from the chin specifically. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should end this on a positive note. God, Jesus. You just I'm massacred everything. I'm <laughs> she, she said, bam, bam, karate chop, fire on the background. This is this, this is that. And I was like, oh, shit, I can't keep up. Woo. Yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. No, I'm here for it. It's great. We need a little chaos. Shake some shit up. Hey, I love it here. <laughs> I love it here. I hate it here. I love it here. And there's nothing more there's nothing more defining than that fucking sentence like <laughs> I love it here but I hate it here but I love it here yep. and that's that's just the way it is that's the name of the game is there anything else you'd like to get off your chest about your experience your journey I need white saviors to just take a backseat and just stop trying to be a white savior no one needs your saving. What people need is your money instead. You got it. Word. 
I'm KO'd from this conversation. I'm <laughs> like on the fucking floor walking, rolling on the goddamn ground. Oh my God. Well, I feel like I learned everything and nothing about you at the same time from this. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to end this episode. I'm going to be like, okay, but like, what happened? Like, what's going on? It's gonna be like, what was all happening? If I was like a haze, like a dream, I just woke up from. Yeah, no, a little fever dream. That's how I feel like I maneuver in life nowadays. Like everything just feels like a fever dream. I will this say, weekend at the festival is gonna be a fever dream, especially because my God. I will say the one thing that I do want to know, and this is just me from a person to a person, is like. What was it like growing up the way that you are? <laughs> like, I can imagine you getting in some trouble because I feel like I, I was a lot like that too. I was, I still am. <laughs> living, yeah. in, living in the Midwest, let me tell you right now, you living in the Midwest with that kind of personality, you have a lot of fun dealing with that shit. You'd be surprised. I know you wouldn't do it, but a lot of people like me who are a small minority within the minority have to whitewash themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's a fucking... Mm -hmm. Ooh. Growing up, school-wise, shockingly enough, I used to get bullied a lot. But outside of school, ooh, I was running these streets like a motherfucking degenerate. I'm talking about I was sneaking out every Friday and Saturday telling my mother that I'm so cold going to the movies. What 16-year-old has that much money to be going to the movies every week without a job? Baby, allowance. That's how. Um, and I would actually end up running to the Bronx to go to, like, team bashes because team bashes were a thing at the time. Um, and, like, ooh, I've witnessed a lot of things. I've seen some things in my life. But I, me, getting, me personally getting into trouble... No, it was more so I would be in the mix and I would witness everybody getting into their bullshit <laughs> while I am standing in the corner, minding my business, just watching it all happen. Like, okay, uh, there were some close calls, <laughs> but and get caught, baby. What? I used to be a bandit for Victoria's Secret, taking those lip glosses and selling them for like a dollar in high school. I was I mean, hustling. <laughs> One thing about me, I'm going to get this money. <laughs> I'm going to make it work one way or the other. See, I said this to I said this is Alex too. I was like, "Damn, this is the kind of person I want to sit and get drunk with and just like fucking be cackling in the, in the fucking corner talking about nonsense, just dying laughing. This is just this is great. Whenever you come to New York, I'll take you to my favorite spot, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Are we going to listen to good music and have good food? Okay, but what kind of food? They sell Peruvian food. Peruvian and American food, obviously, because it's a bar. But... Ooh, they have this honey colada. You got me. I don't even care anymore. Let me take a trip right oh. now. <laughs> Frozen honey colada, baby. That sounds so good. Nice and right. <laughs> yep. Even though I'm a margarita gal. On the rocks, too. God, I can't do that frozen shit nope, anymore. Nope, same. Give me a headache with sugar. I'm more of a tequila neat girl. Mm. Give me a good quality tequila. I got it. Yeah, as long as it's not no Casamigos. Like, I'll take shots, sure. But if I'm going to drink it like neat, 
No, give me the actual, give me the mezcal. Give me the good shit. Give me the shit imported straight from Mexico. Because what is this? Like, all this, all this bullshit from Kendall Jenner. Like, what the fuck is 818? That shit is disgusting. People actually drink that shit? Yeah, people I don't, pay, I don't fuck people with People go to the clubs out here and be spending like $400 on a, on a bottle of Clase Azul. Like you can buy that shit for like $160 at the, at the liquor store. Baby, you got me all the way fucked up. Right. Priorities. Y'all want to be showing out like if y'all got money, knowing that y'all still live in your mama house. <laughs> and you don't even contribute to rent, but oh well. That's your problem. <laughs> Honestly, from somebody who <laughs> I will say from this episode alone, what have I learned? I ain't got no goddamn personality compared to this person right here on the fucking other side of the screen. Oh my god, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I, hope, I really do hope, bitch. I don't even know how you'd start it. Take your fucking iPhone and what you're doing right now and start recording shit and posting it. You'd be surprised how many people. I feel like Cafecito Hours needs to become a podcast because at this point. I just want to. I don't. I you. You got me. You like. I'm. I'm. I'm telling you right now. There's many people that have said like, just turn it into a podcast already. Just turn it into a podcast already, because it will actually work. And I'm like, yeah. all right. I really want to do it properly. I don't want to just record it on my phone if I'm actually going to do a podcast. No, I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. And that's that's the one that's, thing that's like... That's literally here, okay? I get it. Now we're here together in the same space, talking about the same shit. Yep. It's, uh, <laughs> but it's, it'll come. It will come. It will come. Well, I'm gonna I'm let you go. I feel like we... <laughs> We talked about many things. No, because if we keep going, this podcast episode is going to be extremely long. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so long, and then we're not going to be talking about coffee no more. <laughs> no, it's, we're just going to get we're just going to get to the real shit. Yep. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm so glad I got a chance to. This is the first time, by the way, that we've ever met. And that's just great. It's just straight up. Like, I, I fuck with your energy. I, I love your personality. I really hope you tell me you make Cafecito Hours a, a fucking podcast because I will tune in. Because I, I need this kind of entertainment through some of the shit that I go through in my life. This is great. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure being on the pod. I am happy to be the first barista <laughs> on the podcast. And, um... We'll keep talking. My DMs are always open. Right. Don't be a stranger now. No, absolutely not. Same to you. Same to you. You have a great rest of the evening. Get 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 to your mom safe. Thank you. I'll see you. Have a good night. You too. Bye. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you right now we did not talk about anything at all (laughs) that is the most chaotic interview i feel like this is purely good content of entertainment authenticity of a person like that is the most the most authentic way to go about (laughs) i just really loved her. 
they were so fucking cool to talk to, listen to. They were a character. They were entertaining. They were true to themselves. They were so unapologetic about it. And I think as a barista, they dropped some <laughs> some real shit that they've experienced. And then a lot of shit that, like, a lot of baristas probably listening back are going to be able to be like, yeah, this is so fucking annoying. It's so fucking annoying. The My favorite line was, I love it here, I hate it here, but I love it here. That that was so good, crisp and short, to the point. Being a barista is actually a lot of fucking fun. Once you learn the knack of it, it's, it's a constant creative outlet. And it's just constant, like, networking and socializing. And it's... It gives a platform just the servers have their own of where you have this common suffering and understanding in different ways of describing it. And there's literally so many like content on social media, on on television for people who have been baristas who work in the service industry. That is just this community. You're just growing it. Being a barista is such a fucking hard financial security job. Like, there's absolutely, like, no real, like, concrete reliability financially with being a barista. Because it's, like, the service industry ridden of baristas get underpaid for what they do, so they survive off of tips. So if people decide not to tip well, they don't make enough money to fucking be able to pay their bills. I've seen so many baristas who have to put on a face and not be their authentic self. And I think that this episode just goes to show how much more like attractive and likable a personality is when you're in your authenticity and you're just being upfront. I think that like I there's this like sense of almost whitewashing that a lot of like the Midwest kind of struggles with versus a lot of the East Coast. Like a lot of East Coast people we've been talking to love them. They're so upfront and real and, and like unapologetically themselves. The Midwest is still struggling with like breaking that boundary. The West Coast is more chill about it. So it's just really interesting this like dynamic of people we keep interacting with. And it's been a while since we've had someone a little bit more like with gusto, with confidence, with this like air of like trying to break shit up, up and like apart and like throwing it away and just not even looking back kind of personality. And it's like, it's always refreshing and it's always a fucking good time. I was dying this whole episode. Like, I really don't think any of what we were talking about was coherent. But at the same time, I feel like I would listen to this episode again just for them. <laughs>